conversations with inspiring women about their stories and the neon colors that they have to share. This is the Neon Woman Podcast. Hi, welcome back to the Neon Woman Podcast. My guest today is Ermi Hossein. Ermi joins me to discuss her origin story, her journey growing up in Italy to Bengali parents, feeling like she didn't belong in either of those worlds, learning that she wasn't born to just fit into a box so she created her own, what it means to be a neon woman, and so much more. My conversation with Ermi was so inspiring, and I really hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Ermi, welcome to the Neon Woman podcast. I'm so excited that we're finally connecting. Thank you. I'm very, very glad to be here today. I always like to start with the same question for everyone, because we're all known in the world for what we do as a job. But I love to know who is who are people in the world aside from what they do for work? So who are you aside from what you do? Uh, so I am Urmi. <laughs> And as I always tell to, to people, I always like to identify myself with my uh, nationality. And basically, I always tell people I am Italian by birth, Bengali by blood, and Canadian by law. And, um, and I was born and raised in Italy from parents that are from Bangladesh. And um, a lot of the times, like I went through a lot of uh, identity uh, crises, uh, like identity struggle, because I never was able to find my own identity. But throughout the time, I finally was able to learn about myself. And um, besides work, um, I do work in the financial services industry. But besides work, I do have a lot of passion when it comes to women's empowerment. I am a big, big supporter of this uh, cause. I like to believe that every woman should have the freedom of choosing whatever they want to do in life. And I do a lot of volunteering activities that support uh, this cause in particular, which is very, very dear to my heart. And I do have also, like I use uh, several um, social media platform to spread this information or to educate other people. So I do have my own blog and I also have my own YouTube channel. So I can say that I'm also a blogger slash YouTuber besides working in the financial service in- industry, I guess, yes. Uh, so that's who I am. Awesome. I kind of resonate with, with how your Italian... Indian and then Canadian by law. I'm originally from the UK, but I moved to Australia about seven years ago and I'm now an Australian citizen. So I will always be English, but now I'm Australian by law as well. And it's interesting to have those different identities to grapple with all the time. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. And it does make us very special in a way. It can be a struggle though, too. <laughs> Yes, and it is a struggle, but I think with every struggle, you always come as a winner. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about your origin story, because I believe that how we're raised as children either shapes the paths we choose to go on or, or shapes, shapes the paths we choose to go on or choose to not go on as well. Yes, so... Um, 
I usually tell people that when I was a kid, I, I felt very much like an outsider uh, because basically being brought up my whole life in Italy uh, by parents who are from Bangladesh, there, that, there was a little bit of struggle that when I was at, at school, for instance, all my friends were Italian and I was always looking for people that looked like me or at least some immigrants kids. But it was very rare, especially like because I was born in the 90s. It was very rare to find, you know, a lot of immigrants. It was only like beginning of those years that a lot of people started to move to, to Italy. And um, so I struggled a lot because I was like, I have a lot of Italian friends, but sometimes I felt like they don't understand me completely, completely, which was the biggest struggle because there were certain things I couldn't do, like simply just going out for movies or going out to their house without being questioned where I'm going, who will be there. It was very hard for me to explain it to them because for them, it's normal. It's part of their culture, you know, like to hang out with anyone. Um, and then when I was at home, I, I was also struggling a lot because I was like, I still didn't have anyone of my age because I was probably like one of the few, the first one to be born there, according to my dad. Um, and I struggled a lot because my parents used to think a certain way, but then I felt like because I was brought up with the whole Italian culture that I was like, I don't see myself in their views. I used to think very, very much differently. And my whole life, I went questioning about it, thinking maybe I'm the wrong one, probably because I'm not thinking the way they think. So probably the way I'm thinking is, is wrong. And I was like, I'm not normal. And then I was like, and then as I grew up and now that I'm much uh, much older and I'm an adult now, I'm like, no, I wasn't wrong. And I was always normal. It was just me thinking differently. And this is what I feel like, that's how it shaped me, which is why like I tried to you know raise awareness of these things. And I think also when I moved to Canada, I... I I realized all this, that it's normal because I started to see different people like me, like there are, there are, there are uh, guys or girls that are, they are mixed and we all tend to think alike as well. So in that sense, I started to feel less lonely. I started to think that, you know, we just all think differently. And the thing is with a lot of cultures, like the South Asian ones, sometimes they only have one view and they only see one view and they, they're not exposed to many views. But me growing up in the Western world, I was exposed to many views and having another view doesn't make you a bad person. It was just normal to have another view. So uh, that's how I try to like be an advocate of these things. And, and I think it shaped me to be a very strong person and just have like my strong opinions, which are still like right opinions. So, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, this podcast is all about empowerment and inspiring women. And I believe that as women, we have these neon colors that we share with the world. But sometimes our neon colors aren't always shining super bright. Do you have a story about when your own neon colors were dimmed and what your journey was to brighten them again? Um, I would say it just happened, um, I would say it just happened a couple of months ago when I was struggling a little bit at work. And I had to, like a lot of the times people do not like to discuss about mental health or when you go through like anxiety and stress. And I think that's like, 
such a big topic and it's such a taboo and I don't know why such a taboo but I think it's very very important to bring awareness of this especially in the South Asian community I feel like no one ever talks about it and I remember like I struggled a lot with anxiety I was I don't know why I was getting anxious about it and I feel like like I could feel it you know that I was deconcentrated and that's when I feel like you know my like I wasn't shining the way I, I, I was always shining I was I was very, very stressed. And then I started to realize the importance of like practicing mindfulness techniques, you know, just being present in the moment, um, just like doing little things such as, you know, enjoying the first bite of your food or walking barefoot outside or just observing the nature. I never pay attention to these little things. Mm. Um, And just, you know, just being present and slowing down. I think this is so important, especially for me because I'm someone who's always like, hectic I just wanted to get everything done but I started to like just slow down and I also started to do journaling and being much more aware of my thoughts and it, it just helped me to have a much um, I want to say calmer and relaxed day and um, and that's how when I was like okay I'm, I'm back to be on track and uh, and it was a nice experience if I have to do, tell dishes because I feel like if I never went through this I would have probably not understood how people feel anxious about things because you know stress is normal but you know when you have panic, atta- panic attacks or feeling anxious it's not fun mm-hmm. it's really not fun and I try to bring awareness of this especially when I'm talking to my friends and I can see how this is still hard for them to understand it because unless you go through it you will never know what I'm talking about so and I think it's so normalized now that we just go, go, go all the time. And it's so normalized that we don't pay attention to nature or we don't slow down. And I think I think there should be more conversation about unnormalizing that because we're all just constantly on the go. We're all stressed and we all have a breaking point. Exactly. So you don't want to reach that point because then, you know, things explode. Uh, so you want to make sure that you do everything to just keep it intact. And, and, it's, and it's always nice, I feel like, when you start paying attention to things. So you start to see things differently as well. And even like enjoying the first bite of the food, it's like, it's probably the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah. Amazing. Well, your name in Bengali means wave, which yeah. I absolutely love. And... I saw on your blog that you say you always tried to embody that meaning. Can you talk about how you try and embody, how you embody that? Uh, yes. So, um, so first, when my dad uh, named me Urmi, I never really cared too much about it. And I remember one day at school, I was asked about the meaning of my name. And I was, I was wondering, I was like, what does it even mean? So then my dad was like, yeah, it means wave. And again, I never get too much importance uh, to my name, not even a bit. Uh, people would ask me, yes, it means wave. And I was like, yeah, that's it. That, there's nothing special about it. That's how I used to see. But then I um, had to do a presentation. And I was thinking, like, I want to make it special because I'm part of this public speaking club called Toastmasters. And basically, I was like, I want to make it special. And I want to, I do not just want to talk about myself. I want to talk about something that is peculiar about myself. And that's how I... It's like I'm gonna talk about my name because I feel like my name really shaped my personality, and 
and there's a lot of things related to waves like for instance waves are blue and blue are, is like one of my favorite color or you know waves are when there is a strong wave a uh, strong wind waves are strong and i am sort of like that as well when there is some there is an obstacle i try to like uh, fight it fight it back or um you know when things are calm waves are calm and i think i'm also like that and also the fact that waves are blue it's associated with like teamwork uh, skill and i do have that uh, type of uh, skill and so i talked to, so i talked about my name and i was like yeah i think it really does shape me but i would say that the like the most interesting thing was that um i don't know if you watched the movie uh, wonder woman um i have actually <laughs> So the actress that plays Wonder Woman her name is Gal Gadot her name also means wave and she's like my favorite actress and I was like that's it 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 was meant to be and and that's how I also try to be like I try to be Wonder Woman on earth and I try to be like the, a fighter to like her and um and that's how it like shaped me and that's how I feel like it's all connected I love that mm-hmm. I need to find out what my name means <laughs> <laughs> So you were born in Italy to Bengali parents and you've already discussed a little bit about the struggle you had of not feeling like you belonged in these two worlds. I'd love to dive a bit more into that experience because I can't relate to being born in two worlds, but I can relate to not feeling like I fit in even though I grew up in the UK and was surrounded by, you know, English children, I still felt like I didn't fit in. So I'd love to just dive a bit more into your experience with that. And perhaps as you got older, how that experience changed. Um, so that feeling of not fitting in, I had it my whole life, my, like for my whole life, literally. And it was only until I came to Canada that I was like, I finally fit somewhere. And when I was um, in Italy, like no one ever made me feel otherwise. Like all my friends, as much as they were not really exposed to that many immigrant kids, they did their best to understand me. And I tried my best to always like expose them to things such as religion, such as culture, you know, like for instance, we fast, um, we do Ramadan and we fast and, and I had to explain it to them. Like, this is how it works. And, I was, and they were like, oh, you don't drink water either? I was like, nope, it's like you just fast for, for a certain amount of hours or certain things such as drinking or, you know, um, drinking or there are also other things. There are also other things related to like cultural issues, such as not being able to date. So, for instance, um, my friends, they all had a boyfriend or they were all dating, whereas I remember my parents strictly telling me, do not talk to guys, do not date guys. When you go to people's house, make sure guys are not there. Wow. And and I, and I remember being like, okay, like I never like, I never like spoke up about it because I just felt like, okay, he's just protecting me. So for me, it was like, yeah, it's, it's fine. I don't mind. And uh, so when I remember like going to school and my friends telling me how they spent their Sundays with their boyfriend, how they invited them, Uh, for lunch and stuff like that I I just always kept wondering what that would have felt like Um, but I never like went against this um, 
to my parents because I was like they're sacrificing everything for me and I and I was I'm like a very obedient uh woman I would say like I never went against anything I was okay with anything they were telling me and um and then there was this particular moment when I was 13 and my parents moved to UK so we moved to UK and uh we lived there for a year and in UK, I felt like somehow I believe I felt like that was the first time that I felt it was home, because UK has a very big population of South Asian people, mm-hmm. and I remember my neighbors being like Bengali, and my parents were okay for me to hang out with them, and it was the first time that I was like I finally feel like I have someone understanding me I finally feel like I am enjoying a little bit of freedom because all this restriction that my parents put on me when I was in Italy I did not really have them when I was in UK and by restrictions I mean like hanging out with my friends and so they were pretty much okay with it and I think it was because of the perception that if you're Bengali you're typically like seen as a good person and so they used to like let me uh, let me go out with my friend, and that's when I was like, oh, I like living there. I felt like it was home. I feel like it belonged to something. But then again, when I went, because then what happened is we went back again to Italy, and I was back again, you know, like going out, with, like I was there finishing up my school and during my teenagehood. I was back again living with those restrictions and. And again, I felt like I was not really fitting in, but I was a teenager. So I started to, you know, just to understand myself. And I started to do things just to like really understand who I am, what I like, what I do not dislike. And my friends were very, very, um, they were very, very understanding. And they also helped me to do things that I was not allowed to do. So for instance, my parents would not allow me to go out, but I would still go out just by saying <laughs> an innocent lie so we would like go to, for instance to the shopping mall and these little adventures they were something that really made me made me really happy and and then and I would say like towards the end of my teenagehood I started to like feel like I was still I'm like started to fit in into the whole Italian culture and um, and then when I moved to Canada I struggled a lot with my identity because people would ask me, where are you from? And I never knew what to answer. Like, do I say I'm Italian? Do I say I'm Bengali? And there were a time where I would say Italian and people were like, yeah, but you don't, do not look Italian. Or I would say, I would change the answer and be like, oh, I'm Bengali. And they were like, yeah, but why do you have such a strong Italian accent? And then I was like, why do I have to like explain my whole origins to them each time? So only, only recently, I finally came to say I am Italian Bengali because I embrace both. I literally embrace both. I love eating pasta. I love talking Italian. I love gesturing, as you can see. And but at the same time, I also like the Bengali culture, like the traditional food, the traditional clothes. And now I just tell people like I'm Italian Bengali and I don't want anyone to question it. Like the, they are not the people who can question my identity. The only person can that can question this is just myself so now I feel like I I fit into this because there are also other people like me yeah and I think that when you as a person like fully embrace who you are other people resonate off of that so if you're really unsure about who you are I think people pick up on that and then as soon as you fully embrace who you are people just accept you as who you are and they don't ask too many questions 
That's something I found with me. Yes, exactly. Let's talk about your blog. You have Mm -hmm. a female-focused blog to empower girls and women to take control of their lives. I love this idea. Talk to me about it. Yes. So um, I started my blog uh, two years ago, and it was just literally like, just like that. It was never in my plan to have a blog. And I was, um, when I started my blog, I was like, I think I have a lot to offer. And I was thinking like, I can help other women as well. And a lot of it, it was also like trying to draw it from my own personal experience, you know, where when you grow up and you have the society dictating how you're supposed to be living. I was like, no, that's not fair. We don't want the society telling us how to live or what to do and things like that. So I was like, I'm going to try to um, create a blog where I can express myself, where I can write articles, where I can share my knowledge to other people. And my main focus has been really uh, towards women and girls. Um, but of course, the blog is open to, to anyone, but a lot of the articles usually are mainly targeting women and things like that. And I remember that for me, writing or creating the blog was getting out of my comfort zone like a lot because I never had a blog and it just started with like baby steps so initially I just created this blog I never shared my story it was one thing that I didn't want people to know I didn't want people to know who was behind this blog I didn't want people to know where I was from so I was pretty much hiding it resonates so much with that Exactly. I was pretty much hiding because I was like, oh, people would just talk about me. And I was like, I don't know if I want that. And then um, there was no picture of me. And then one day I had uh, this person that I volunteered with that she was like, but if you do not put your picture, if you do not tell your story, then, you know, people might not resonate with you. You know, they you want people that resonate with you, with your story. You want people, um, you know, to be empathetic and compassionate with whatever you went through. And, and she was like, this is the only way you can help them out. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to start putting my pictures. So I started with one picture. And then I started to share a little bit about myself, my story, my identity, and how it felt to grow, to grow uh, the way I grew up. And so it was um, so it was like a very like long process for me. Like internally, it was a very, very long process. And it took a lot of time for me to really like, be okay with it and then little by little I was like okay I'm gonna try to use other platforms I I created blog and and so I created uh, my own YouTube channel and now I'm going to different podcast shows but this blog um, on its own it's not only it's helping me to target like a lot of women and girls but I also um, try to work I I mainly created because I also wanted to work on my writing skills because I was like eventually if I want to write a book at least I can start with this blog and I think every writer starts from a blog I think that's how it works and 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 in this blog I talk about pretty much everything that goes in my life you know how to get a promotion I give books recommendation I talk about you know the importance of self self-care I do talk about a lot of things and hopefully you know it will It will educate other women as well. I love that. What do you hope that your platform brings to other people? I would say um, education and awareness. I love that. There's such a common theme between Neon Woman and your work as well. It's kind of spooky. That's good. (laughs) My last question before we get into the, the bonus questions. What is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself 
through all the different seasons of your life? I would say my ability to do so many things. Yes. Because um, when I was uh, going up the road, I would only just study and work. But now I feel like I do have a lot of skills. And I would have probably never found out about this. And for instance, one of the skills that I feel like I'm pretty good at, it's time management skills. And I feel like if I never had my own blog, YouTube channel, getting into podcasts, uh, shows and stuff like that, I would have never learned how to master it. Um, the ability to, to write and the ability to being handle, being able to handle interviews, it's something that I was not aware of. And I was a- only able to do this because I allowed myself to get out of my bubble. So yeah, that, it's pretty much that answer, like the ability to do so many things. I love that. Do you love poetry? Have you ever just wanted a little bit of inspiration to start your day? A Poem a Day by Lomacket is that magical book of inspiration you've been looking for. One poem a day for every day of the year. Available now on Amazon. Go and get your copy today. For more information, go to lomacket.com or neonwoman.com. Let's get into the bonus questions. I ask everyone who comes on the podcast the same ones. What is the one song you play when you need to brighten your neon colours? Um, this Girl is on Fire by Disha Keys. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I have an official playlist on Spotify, so I'll add that one to the playlist. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. What about Love is Wild to you? I would say, like, when I think about love, I always think about passion. And, and I am someone who's very passionate in everything that I do. And I think that's also very much important to have it in love, whether you love someone like your partner, whether you love, you know, your sister, brother, parents. I think passion is, is very much important. It's fundamental. Absolutely. What about your fashion sense is original? Um, so I like to wear bold lipstick. I'm very much into that. Uh, so I, I like to wear like burgundy or red wine color because I think that's something that you notice it in a woman and it just makes a woman very, very bold. You know, it's like, you know, I'm strong on fears and, I, and I'm, I am that type of person. Like I love putting bold lipstick and you probably are noticing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What do you do to keep your mindset magnificent? Um, I read books and I love reading books. Like I read fiction. So I'm into, I'm very much into mystery because they, I feel like they always, you always have to guess what's going on. So I like to read mystery, but I also read a lot of books about um, personal finance. I read books, a lot of books about personal development. So that's one thing that I also love to read I think you just you just educate yourself every day yeah I love that if you feel like reading poetry I published my own poetry book at the end of last year really I love poetry yeah I'll send you the link (laughs) good (laughs) where is the most adventurous place you've traveled to I went um I recently went to Mexico I've always wanted to go there 
And it was my first time going to a Latin American country. And I loved it. I loved it so much because it was, it was different from everything I've seen so far. But it was a very humbling experience too. And I think what I loved most about Mexico was the fact that people are so are so warm. They're so friendly. And they're so nice and kind. I was like, I, I just want to move here. And people are super, super nice. So that for me was an adventure just to learn that this is how Mexican people are. And the fact that they speak Spanish, it's, that's it. it's a bonus. That's it. I don't think I've ever heard someone say Mexico is a bad place to go. No. Like, I, just, I really want to go there. You should. <laughs> What's necessary to you to have a healthy lifestyle? And the word healthy can mean something different for everyone. Um, so there are two things, at least for me, healthy, what it means is to work out and to eat pasta. But the reason why I'm saying that is yes. because I love pasta. I love pasta and it, that's what keeps me healthy. I know it does not, it's not healthy, but for me, it's happiness. It's mental health. There yeah. you go. So. <laughs> Working out and eating pasta, it's like the two best things. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> and you work out to eat the pasta as well exactly <laughs> and then which woman or women are inspirational to you they can be famous or non-famous um famous one and I think she's the only one that I really like it's Megan Markle I love this woman she has been my inspiration since that uh, tv show that she did Suits and I've seen a couple of um, speeches that she's, she has done for women's empowerment at the United Nations. And that's when I was like, I just want to be like her. She's so eloquent, honestly. She's so eloquent. So I really, really like her. I love that. Omi, thank you so much for this conversation. I have one more question. Yes. What does being a neon woman mean to you? I would say... It means to be your authentic self. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what it means for me. And every woman is authentic on her own. Yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where can people connect with you on social media? How can they read your blog? How can they watch your YouTube channel? Tell me everything. So I have a YouTube channel and it's called Urmi Hossain. So that's literally my name. Uh, people can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. And it's called, again, Urmi Hossain, which is my, my full name. And I have my blog and it's called myways.ca. Perfect. Thank you so much. I'll put all the links in the show notes and hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neon Woman podcast, a Neon Network production. Follow Neon Woman on Instagram and Facebook or check out neonwoman.com for all the latest episodes and so much more. Thanks for listening. <laughs>